0: hey everyone and welcome to radically normal this is michael and i'm here with andre for this episode titled keep it simple here we get with coach Britt Bonneau of ou baseball to talk about his coaching stories faith we have an outfield draft and we even talk about sports next fall he had lots of wisdom to share and we hope you enjoy the interview thanks for tuning in
1: what's up radically normal this is andre i'm here with michael And it is a rainy day here in Dallas, Texas, but we're both excited to start recording again today.
0: Yeah, today we have our first interview, and then after we eat dinner, after that, we're actually going over and driving by a friend's house because it's his birthday today on Memorial Day. And instead of having like a birthday dinner type of thing, we just have to drive by with a poster or something, and hopefully the rain doesn't ruin that. But it's quite a peculiar time that, you know, we just have to drive by with balloons and potentially you know, marked up cars and I've always thought people driving by with marked up cars just looked a little odd, but I guess that'll be me tonight.
1: Yeah, I think I think it'll be a nice gesture to make for a friend. And I mean honestly today's pretty kind of a busy day compared to past days. We got a we got the drive by, we have our first interview. I'm actually packing before I leave tomorrow. Had to do a little shopping this morning before I picked Mike up and we went to Mardell to get some more resources for the podcast. So it's been kind of a busy day, a lot of driving compared to normal.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. When we walked into Mardell, we walked to the back where we were getting something for the podcast and we grabbed the stuff and then Andre goes, all right, let's go. And it's really different for me because usually when I go to Mardell, it's a good 90 minute experience going through all of the discounted book section and all the other things that they got. But we were out of there in maybe six or seven minutes max, which has to be my record.
1: And it was really good because we had enough time to get back in time for an interview, which I'd say we're both kind of we're both excited but also a little nervous but why don't you give a little bit of background about who we're interviewing and that kind of thing
0: so we're interviewing my baseball coach from this past year at OU coach Britt Bonneau and we're going to talk about sports and his faith um, and he's just like a great leader in terms of pursuing Jesus and what he does and so I'm really excited to interview him and get to talk to him about that and I hope you guys get something from the conversation as well
1: Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this interview with coach Britt Bonneau What's up everybody? Welcome to Radically Normal. We're now going to start an interview with Coach Britt Benoit, and Michael's going to give us a little bit of introduction and then give the floor over to Coach.
0: Yeah so Coach was one of my coaches here at OU this past spring uh, before our season got shut down and we're just hopping on here for an interview and first before we get into some questions we have we're just going to have him introduce himself so do you want to give a little background maybe about playing at OU, coaching, any any of that sort of thing?
2: Sure. First of all thanks for for thinking of me and, and wanting me to be on this. Uh, um, anytime, uh, we have an opportunity like this to one talk baseball, but to what, it, what, how it's, uh, how we've been able to use baseball to affect other people and, and other people in our lives. I always think that, uh, um, it's something that's fun to do. It's exciting. It's easy to talk about. Uh, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, Played college baseball at Lubbock Christian University for three years and then transferred to the University of Oklahoma my senior year, uh, 1992. And so uh, got to play here. Went on to play a stint with Chicago Cubs and then some independent baseball after that. Uh, Got married, went back to school, got, got my education, and then 1995 started coaching at Abilene Christian University. I did that for 23 years at one institution before um, moving up here to Norman to help skip out um, um, and and be able to put on the Sooner uniform again. Um, It's been, it's been fun. It's been, it's uh, you know, coaching is something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, uh, uh, I can't remember when I didn't want to be a coach or, or I mean, that's just, my whole life was, was directed on, okay, I'm going to either be a high school coach, college coach, whatever, but I was going to coach. And it just, I got lucky at a, at a young age. Um, I think I was 25 when I accepted the job as the head coach at, at Abilene Christian for 22 of those, uh, <clears throat> 23 years, I was the head coach. So, um, didn't know, didn't know much about what or how to do that. So I had to learn a lot of that on, uh, you know, the hard way, but, uh, um, had a lot of success down there and um i think we won 756 games down there 700 and wow, wow that's um, impressive. 796 games down there as a coach before transferring up here but anyway we've had a it was a blast um you know had four daughters while i was there and uh, three of them have gone to school there at abilene christian of course one's going to go here to ou next year uh, she's up here with us so anyway that's a little little background about myself
1: so, Coach, you're, you say you're from Dallas, played in Oklahoma, also played in, in Texas. All You played professionally for the Cubs, you said. So what's actually your favorite pro team?
2: Well, the Rangers are my favorite pro team. Uh, That's a good answer, sir. I've been, I've been, I've been stuck with them uh, my whole life. I uh, grew up going going over there and going to uh, games and uh, that old ballpark that they had. And, and just got a lot of stories about, about the Rangers and um, I kind of feel like <laughs> I feel like they're the Cubs now because they can't ever win the whole thing. But
1: we had we had a, we we had a few them, close calls.
2: I mean, we 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 stand by them. If we could just get one more strike, I think we would have had a couple of World Series rings. Oh, range. for sure. I mean, uh, you know, those things we don't ever want to relive. But uh, um, there's something about Arlington and, and the Dallas Cowboys that uh, I mean, I, that's just been my and it was it was my life because it was my parents' life and and so when they're real involved in sports and things like that it's just something that my whole family has always has have always done together
0: yeah for sure i have a friend who was about to walk out walk out the door to go to academy to buy a a rangers world series shirt and then david freeze hit the ball off the wall in right field and he just sat back on the couch
1: we, we really had two close calls we were like i hit away one time a pitch away the next year and just it
2: yep. was oh yeah. i know and I was ready to run out my front door and scream at the loud, as loud as I could too. And um, man, I just—I really thought I'd forgotten all that, but I appreciate y'all bringing that up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first thing uh, before we get into a little mini draft, we're going to do is, do you mind talking about just to, just for a brief second how you you feel like the Lord uses you in your coaching and how you get to share the gospel through that?
2: Well, um, sure. No, that's. I think just us as human beings, us as Christians, um, whether you're a coach or not, we have kind of a duty or a it's it's a calling to on how we're going to treat other people. Coaching, to me, just makes that easier for me to be able to do that. To go over, whether you're going to California, Washington, wherever you're going to recruit, <clears throat> You're sitting in front of parents. You're talking to them about, you know, four years of college or two more years of college, um, and you're going to be the father figure in these boys' lives. When I think about that, and, and I'm trying to convince or or talk to a parent, um, why should why should um, this player come and play for us? Um, you know. And then you get, and then you get them on campus. And then you, uh, you know, there's so much other than just coaching baseball when you're when you're in a young man's life. They have four years to to figure out what life's about, and then they go live their life. During those four years, they're not going to be perfect. I've rarely had any kid come through a program that I've been associated with that that had it all figured out. Now there's there's been a few, but they're just like I was when I went to college. And over the course of four years, when you're with them, or as they're trying to figure some things out in their own life, um, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of times that you fail and you stumble, and you get back up and you keep going and you learn from your mistakes, which is what we're all about in this world. Um, and so I get the pleasure of being with a young man and help him develop through his ups and downs, um, through all the questions of uncertainty, through all the disappointments of not playing or playing, uh, through all the, uh, well, something's happened to mom and dad's got divorced or, um, you know, Aunt Betty passed away or, or, or just whatever. something Something's happened in their life and, and you're just there for them. Um, having them over for a meal, um, having, um, those type of relationships where it's more personal than, well, that's just my coach. And so all of those things to me is being Christlike. Doesn't mean that I'm always opening a Bible with them every time they come over and a study in the word. There's plenty of that that goes on but that's not everything that's not, that's not, it's, it's showing, it's showing what love is in so many different avenues, um, to where they can see the true Britt Bonneau. Um, the easiest thing for me is, is I've had a lot of mistakes in my life. I've made them. Um, I've had success in my life. Um, I'm not perfect. And, and I've played at, at a lot of levels and so so when i get to be in front of a baseball player there's one thing that 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 young man's going to know about me and that is well whatever he's telling me at least i know he's gone through it before and so that takes down a lot of barriers that that are usually between a coach and his and his player um and so it, it makes it more of a personal makes it more personal to the, to the, to the, to the effect of we're in this together and Hey, look, we can get through this. And so that's, to me, those are, those, that's what coaching, coaching allows, allows an avenue that's just, it's just easier. I mean, it's, it's easier to, to relate to the person that you're, that you're, uh, that you're coaching. And, and, and if you want to bring the spiritual side into it, um, you know, Um, it's easier for them to ask questions when they're ready.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. We're actually in the other side of this podcast, besides doing interviews and just having side conversations, we're going through the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And one thing we've been really talking about is Nehemiah leading by example and walking with integrity and that sort of thing. So it sounds like kind of a similar thing in your life, you know, even if you're not opening the Bible every second or you can't cause you're at the field or in a different circumstance, you can always show love and serve people and your opportunity as a coach, a big position of leadership, you get to do that, right?
2: No, well, absolutely. Um, it's, it's like mine and your relationship, Michael, there's some things that I've learned from you, um, just by sitting back and being able to watch how, um, how bold you are, um, to, to people around you in order to share the gospel things that i wasn't able to do in college um but yet i feel like god has brought you into my life um to learn from you um and and to be bold when when you need to be bold and in in order to share the gospel Um, at the same time it's not you know it's not my job to intervene with someone who is doing Christ's work. I'd love just sitting around a ping pong table, listening to you speak to our team, um, or, or just to, to be associated with players who are, who are just eager and, and wanting to understand and listen, um, to what this good news is all about so um, there's a lot of times where i'm searching and wondering okay what am i supposed to be doing and um, who am i supposed to be with and and how am i gonna um you know what do i need to start new that's gonna help um, um you know me be a better christian and uh the best way to do that is just go where go where Christ is at and is already at work sometimes and just go and be a part of something. And you don't always have to be the leader in order to learn. Um, to me, when I've w- been able to do those type of things, then when I get into other situations where um, maybe I do need to be the lead, um, it's made that easier just because um, I see what's God's doing in other people's lives and understand that he can do that in mine as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Thank you for the compliments about the Bible study. I remember when we were traveling, we might have been in Florida and a, a few of us got together in the morning to read through James, and you walked by and you just started reciting James chapter 1, and uh, I think everyone really appreciated that. Um So, yeah, thanks so much for sharing about all that. I really like what you had to say about, you know, just serving as a leader, learning as a leader, and how you can learn in different capacities. So I think now you and I are going to draft some current MLB outfielders and form our own outfields and Andre is going to analyze those picks and tell us what outfield is better. So, like you
1: said at the beginning excuse me, excuse me? No, go ahead. Like you said at the beginning talking about sports and that kind of thing is just such a refreshing thing especially during this time and Mike and I just thought it'd be really cool if we did a draft like you said and I even brought my MLB Hall of Fame hat to be more okay. official as the judge here, and um, so the both of you two are going to be drafting, and to determine the first pick, um, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I don't know if you think that you're going to l- let Michael have the first pick since uh, you probably know a little bit more, or maybe you think you want the first pick as the guest, but that's kind of that one's up to you.
2: Yeah, he'll probably need to take the first pick, and then I'll take the next two.
1: Oh, you'll, oh, so we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna have a snake draft. Okay. <laughs>
2: Okay. Okay.
1: So there's gonna be coaches' rules on this one. We did not uh, think of a snake drive beforehand, but that actually makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. So I'll I'll start us off, and I'll take Mike Trout. Uh, I think Andre doesn't like this pick, but I'll go with Trout with the high home run numbers and the on base percentage always sitting in the mid 400s.
2: We're still hoping he he gets a uh, at least a one playoff victory in his career. So
0: so
1: as before, we get to your pick. Um, Mike went ahead and gave his. His, uh, Mike Trout the big big hitter or whatever but aside from stats, I'm also going to be taking into account some Coachability w- whether that be perceived or what the media maybe says about it Postseason success age versus long-term success what their contract might be You can just tell whatever facts you want about it. However you want to persuade me Michael just said the <laughs> the on base percentage or OBP as he wrote on his paper I don't even know what that might mean, but we'll see how you want to how you want to convince me But go ahead with your next two picks
2: I'm going to go with uh, Christian Eulich. I can crush it.
0: That was and, my next one.
2: And uh, I think I'll go with um, – I don't really want that guy. I'll take uh, Rolando Acuna.
0: Okay, that was my. I had him down as a bit later, so I guess I have some open picks now. Wait, so does this mean I have two picks? Yeah, You have two picks.
1: So, do you, coach, do you want to give a few like reasons for both of your two picks?
2: Well, Christian's one of the has one of the smoothest swings in baseball. I really like how he teaches his swing. Um, you know, a lot of people think he's a launch angle guy, and he's the opposite. Does he? Does he get a lot of home runs? Absolutely. He's real short to the baseball. Um, uh but he's old school he's he he, i like that he stayed as a brewer i like that he wanted to stay at home he he doesn't have a i mean he has a a big contract but it's not like some of these others um who who definitely are in it for the money and um i think that uh, in any situation um he's a guy that's uh um you know he can really hit the fastball um obviously akuna has can steal bases hit home runs he can He's dri- dri- drive. he can drive in runs um, He's probably a guy that's gonna be a 30 30 40 40 guy in the future and um, I like that he's young and and he's gonna be around a while but uh, um, so there you go on those two guys
1: so now it's time for Michael's next two picks I guess
0: okay I didn't expect you to take both of those so I will I'm kind of in a mental debate between three guys I'll definitely take Cody Bellinger Um He's only had 1 year where he's hit over 300, but the 47 home runs are hard 47 homers are hard to ignore. So he'll be my he'll be one of my picks, pretty young guy, uh pretty skilled. His his swing looks a little odd at the first looks, but I think it's kind of pretty. So uh, I'll go with Bellinger and then I will also take Juan Soto. This is Andre's favorite outfielder. Um he he's had less experience, so that's a little uh uncertain for me and I was gonna consider Mookie Betts here as well but I'll go with Soto with a I think he was like one of the youngest people ever to have an on base over 400 uh, and he hit a lot of home runs and they had a good playoff run so Soto will be my third pick
2: so now
1: now what's your last pick coach
2: my last pick I might do a veteran here um I'm gonna go with Alonzo Kane did I say that right um is that right
0: yes i believe so
2: yeah so he's been an all-star the last five years plays for atlanta and the brewers um he works out with us up here at the field and so um he's from oklahoma um from a you know here's a guy who's not afraid to be around just normal college guys getting better working hard teaching other guys so he's a he, he he's he's a guy that that I mean, even a guy like me can say something, and he's very attentive to uh, to what we're saying to him. So he's very teachable. He's very coachable. Um, but you got to have some veterans on your on your on your team uh, to help out these young guys. Um, and and when you have a veteran like him who is an all star, um, I think that uh, that's why I, I would go with him next. Uh-oh.
0: Okay, so now I think Andre's going to uh, pick one of our teams. So now, since you are the guest, I'm
1: going to give you a chance to tell why you think your team is better, and we're not giving Mike that chance, because Mike is a regular on the podcast. Everyone hears him speak way too much already. So basically, to run it down, um, Mike's got Trout, Ballinger, and Soto, and you got Yelich, Acuna, and Kane. And I will say that we got the hometown a little bit for me, because... I do go to school in Atlanta. We got two Braves players on your team. So that is one point I'll definitely have to keep into consideration.
2: So this is why uh, I know that my team's better. One, I'm an outfield coach, so that helps. Um, You know, poor Michael over there is just going to, you know, just throw – He's used to handing me baseballs while I'm hitting fly balls to the outfielders. He can't even hit a fly ball. Um, plus, he's a ground ball pitcher, so it does none of these outfielders any good. Um, but uh, two, three, a couple of things that I that, that I've got going for me. One, I've got a young young outfielder in uh, Acuna. Plus, I've got some experience with Christian and canes that, that, that are going to develop that guy, even though he's the number one rated MLB outfielder because of his numbers, this kid's going to grow over the next three years with these veterans, which is going to make our team more consistent over the course of four to five years.
1: I, I agree with those assessments. <laughs> I will say that one thing I did, one thing I did like about Mike's team is that he does have Soto, which is definitely my Uh, favorite outfielder I would say just because he is so young and I basically saw him like single handedly carry a team to a championship this past season
0: see I think that is some terrible analysis because an outfielder can't carry a team to the World Series and they had some great pitching
1: his hitting was superb
0: why we
2: both didn't get Bryce Harper
1: oh Bryce Harper I, I told Michael before this if you pick Bryce Harper you automatically lose. Man leaves a team and then automatically that team just wins it all the next year. Poor guy it just feels really bad. I'm honestly I'm gonna have to give the win to Coach because just just because he has two guys from the Braves and I do go to school in Atlanta. I it was really sad when they lost this past year and it was a close one and I mean they're they're starting to grow on me just because the Rangers are starting to not play super well so I'm gonna have to give the the win to Coach. And I want to hear your take on my, my team, but my team would definitely be Juan Soto, Christian Yelich, Those two pretty obvious picks. We've already talked about them a lot. And then my last pick would probably be Joey Gallo, just to bring a Texas Rangers guy into the, into the clubhouse. You want to have someone to like rile up the fans. The team is obviously going to be the Rangers, so you want to have a hometown guy that everyone already knows. So what are your thoughts on my team there?
2: I'm definitely a big fan of the light blue uniforms. I'm glad they're bringing those back. It's very important that the '70s look is back with with our team, and so um, yeah, Joey um, Joey can take some hacks. I mean, he can he can hit a ball far, and uh, um, uh, it, he just needs to make more contact as a, as a player. At least for me, um, I love him though. I love I love how he, 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 he doesn't uh, he doesn't get cheated, and uh, I think that's important when you want to. Uh, if you want to get your dugout going, you get a guy like that, put him in the leadoff spot and see what he does with the first pitch fastball.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously your, uh, your knowledge of baseball is just, is really great and just have a lot of cool stuff to say about that. And we did a little bit of research ourselves and we found that in 1992 during your se- senior season, when you did play for OU, um, that team kind of made a little bit of a run and while we didn't get to see this year's OU team have that same opportunity despite some high rankings early on in the season we wanted you to kind of just compare and contrast some of the strengths and weaknesses of the team that you played on compared to the current team and kind of how you see um, if the current team may have a chance in the coming years compared to the team you were on and just kind of some um, similarities differences between those two maybe if you have a favorite story or something from back then
2: you know what um The 92 team could really hit. I mean, one through, we had eight hitters, nine hitters, um, and and they stayed in the lineup pretty consistently. Four of those hitters were switch hitters. So, and then plus plus Matt Burke, our first baseman, was a left-handed hitter. So, at one time, you could have five left-handers in the lineup. At the same time, Coach, when a left-hander pitching came in, we didn't have to change up our lineup because everybody just, started hitting right-handed. And so if you, I mean, think about how you can do a lineup with that many left-handers in there or right-handers. And so because of that, um, as far as, and I, and I'm not saying that, you know, we were just all in the game all the time. Does that make sense? I mean, it was pretty consistent of who was going to play, um, because coach didn't have to make a decision on a left-handed lineup or a right-handed lineup. Um, two or three of those guys made it to the big league. Greg Norton played for almost 13 to 14 years in the big leagues. Um, but, I mean, we just had – we had a little second baseman. I mean, I say little. I mean, hit 24 jacks that year. Um, but it wasn't like he was the guy that we looked at to carry us because everybody was – we were just a really good college team, if that makes sense. And – we weren't worried if we didn't get it done because we knew the guy behind us was going to get it done if we didn't. So we really, we really gelled in that aspect as a as an offensive team um, to um, to just trust each other and and, and we able we were able to run the offense that uh, the coach Koshell and, and and Pat Harrison wanted us to run. Um, we were in we were at South Alabama for for a tournament, uh, the Coca Cola Classic down there. And we were behind, and we were playing, um, I believe it was, I think it was, uh, it might have been Auburn or South Alabama. Anyway, we, we dropped a seven spot. We had, um, we had two three-run home runs in that game. Drew Crispin, who was a defensive back for the football team, was on our team at the time. He hit a three-run home run. I hit a three-run home run. The next inning, he hit another three-run home run. Anyway, we go from being behind by three to just, wow. you know, just destroying a team. That's crazy. And, and and that right there, we knew, you know what, we can we can actually score some runs. Well, you take that right there into the regional, and we're playing the regional. We get beaten game two by Mississippi State. We're down in Starkville. We come back through the loser's bracket. Um, we beat Clemson the next morning. We then have to play Mississippi State, and there, there's three teams less, us, UCLA, and Mississippi State. Mississippi State's the only undefeated team. Well, it's a three to two game and we go into the seventh and we, we, we put together a seven run inning in order to beat them. Wow. Um, very similar to what we had done earlier in the year. Um, and it's just something that we, we knew we could do. So therefore we just kept relying on that and had faith in that. Um, and sure enough, it happened. And then they turn around and had to play UCLA. And then we were going to play the winner of that game and, UCLA beat them, and then we won ten to nothing versus UCLA, and we dogpile and go to and go to Omaha. Well, um, what a great story, right? I mean, I've I got goosebumps right now. The difference between though that team and the and, and the 2020 team was, well, we're loaded in, in in pitching. What what's been assembled at OU right now with our pitching staff, having Kavali, Prater. Acker, Um, you got you got weekend legit starters. You have Tuesday, Wednesday starters, which we could pick three or four from, and then we have back end guys that we can go to um, from either the sixth inning on. It doesn't matter how you look at it. If if we get six out of our pitcher, then that's even that's even better. Um, But then you got Godman, you got. You got Matthews, you know. You have got Roughcorn. <clears throat> you got Legend from the left side. You have Dimco. You have, I mean, uh, uh, Wide Olds. I mean, you're talking guys that are throwing 94 plus, and some of you can can reach 99 to 100. That are that are your back end guys. That that if you're the other team, if you're an opposing coach, there's really not, um, there's really no one you can just feel comfortable that you want to go to meaning, meaning, okay, well, let's get the starter out so we can get in their bullpen. Well, you probably don't want to go and get into our bullpen. You might, you might want to just try, try to keep, you know, keep that starter out there. Where most, most offensive coaches are trying to get, they're trying to get into somebody's bullpen because that's usually their, their missing link. I just never saw a missing link in this year's team. Um, the year before, a lot of those guys grew up. They were sophomores. They grew up mentally. They grew up physically. They came in with a purpose this year. When you have something like that, it's very special, and um, and and they were great. They were great men, um, very mature. Um, um, could have truly honest conversations with them about anything, and uh, um, they were honest with you about where they were and, and where they wanted to be, and, and they wanted you to help them. And that, to me, was 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 what's fun about this year's team is that every day they wanted to get better and so to not be able to see that through was was heartbreaking
1: yeah for sure um I mean I know Mike said that on you guys way back from California I think it was that you guys found out the season would be over and I know my friends on the baseball team from Georgia Tech um, they also were like devastated I know we had a lot of guys who ended up staying the next like two three weeks in Atlanta just waiting and seeing if maybe they'd get the chance to work out again or see what would happen and it was just it was really sad for me and I'm not even on the team like and like I could just like tell that it would be like devastating knowing that you have that potential and then just not get to see the season through
2: well the crazy thing about that we go in we just played UTA played a great game won three to nothing everything was working for us we scored three different runs uh, on three different types you know uh, whether it was get a walk, steal second base, get a base hit. I mean, we only had like three or four hits in the game, but we scored three runs. Pitch great that game, get on the plane the next day, fly to California, practice on Wednesday, get up for morning breakfast and um, eat together as a team. And then, um, you know, about 11, 30 or 12, hey, no game tonight. Okay. Four hours later, no season. I mean, it just – it was so fast on how that had happened. And there's so much emotions that that are not only going through our players as far as, you know, no no telling what they were thinking as far as whether you're a senior, whether you're a junior. I mean, is this the last time I'm gonna put on a uniform? Uh, Coaches who have worked three years to build this team to where it was a championship team. Um, You know, we're dealing with it as well, trying to figure out, okay, you know, you know, or are we going to get to coach coach these players again? And then, you know, we get a charter plane home the next day and we fly home and and we meet, you know, with our uh, uh, athletic director who, you know, who does the best job he can to, to let us understand kind of the situation. And then we get 48 hours to clean out of our lockers and we're gone. I mean, that's just a lot. And But what we've been able to do over the last – eight weeks is kind of sit back and understand what's exact, what, what is important what what's truly important in our life. Are we where we need to be in our life? And are we using those opportunities in our life to, to make other people better people? And, and so, okay, we didn't get to go to the promised land this year. Um, but in the Bible, there's a lot of people that didn't get to go into the promised land that led them there. It, it needed to wait for somebody else. And, and, and God does have a plan, and his plan's always better than ours. And we should be excited to see what that plan is about to turn out to be, um, whether it's for us individually, whether it's for us as a program or, or, or whatever. Um, there's something that always good comes out of um, tough situations, in my opinion.
0: For sure. So you talked about how now in the quarantine time of this year, in the past eight weeks, we've just had time to sit back and reflect or think. So how would you say, like right now or in the in the past couple of months, you've just been able to connect with the Lord during quarantine? You talk. We talked before uh, the interview began about um, routines and that sort of thing. So how have you been able to connect with the Lord during this time?
2: You know what's. You know what what's tough is is we're not able to go into the church building to be honest with you i mean really this time of year i I, i'm hardly ever at church i mean if you think about it for the last i mean we play games on on sundays we're up early we're doing early work um our 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 time with our church family isn't there very often and so even now we're quarantined we still can't go to, to church so sundays are are watching it on on our computers um communing with with our families in our homes um uh, me and carrie have always had a morning devotional time together where you wake up we have coffee we read our bibles uh, right now we're reading a book um that we gave our kids and, and ourselves um it's a daily devotional bible from bob goff it's called Live in grace, walk in love, which is a great book. It, it's got a, it's got a couple of pages per day to read, um, and you know, so we always have something that we can, um, that we want to do and, and want to read together, and that that's special for us. Um, and so, those things, and then, obviously, I'm in a I'm in a time in my life where I've got one daughter that's leaving college, and is going to go start, you know, her um career or whatever and 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 so you're working with 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 her plus plus one that's about to go to college um and so there's just there is a lot going on that i'm able to spend more time with them and that's been a blessing because i love my girls and and uh, they're fun to be around um but it's also been tough because they haven't been able to come see us so you know what i mean Um, and so there's also that part of it, but, but getting them ready for their next, um, so they can go live their life, you know? And so that's that's kind of what we've been doing and what what I've been doing to, to hopefully kind, kind of, uh, put myself in a, in a better spiritual mind, um, to help lead my family.
1: I think, I think that's a really good point just because I know for, for Mike and I just starting this podcast has really helped both of us grow spiritually together and going through Nehemiah and stuff. But for my family, my parents have both mentioned to me that just not being able to go to church right now is just really taking a toll on them and not being able to see a lot of their friends from church. And while it has been really nice to like build up um, family ties and grow spiritually as a family, it is really tough to not be able to have the opportunity to go to church. And I think hopefully those things will start opening up and as we talk about things that we talked about you before we even started recording, and we get kind of to the stopping point so we don't take up too much of your time, one thing that I think would be really cool for anyone listening to just be able to pick your brain about would be um, how you see looking into the fall. Um, before we started recording, we talked about um, the potential of football, not being able to have fans, how that would look economically. Um, athlete scholarships that kind of thing and just how you see the outlook looking from your perspective anything that you would be able to tell us I know probably there's some things that you can't say But just I think this would be a really cool thing that we could pick your brain about
2: if, if, if we're gonna be honest With with college athletics everybody understands that that we need to have football uh, we need to have football so we can generate income for, our, for all of our teams so we can so we can perform and we can have our other sports. Uh, we're very lucky here at the University of Oklahoma, obviously, to have great great fan base. Um, whenever football starts, whether it's August, September, whether we started in January, um, we all need to have football season. And uh, I think it's going to be the one thing that brings us all back together, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be something that that's going to be powerful. I think it's going to be something that that, that, that unites everybody. Um, and, but we got to start there. And, and and the only way to do that is to focus on our fall sports and, and how, how we can get those, get, get those athletes back on campus, um, how we can quarantine them and put them somewhere where we can take care of them so that they're able to perform and not, you know, and, and then the bigger picture obviously is going to be the student body. And, and, and as these students come back to campus, um, they're coming from all over the place. And, and so how do we, how do we just, um, how do we, how are we able to take care of our students, um, in the best way to where if someone does get sick, we're able to take care of them. Uh, they feel safe. Um, I think the University of Oklahoma is doing a great job of, of, you know, 40 or more in a class is going to be an online class and 40 or below here. They're going to be able to put us in, in areas where we can spread out. Um, we got to get we got to get back together um I know um I'm a people person in the aspect that I like to be around people I like to be around family I like to be around our players um I like to hug them um and, and right now when you're not even supposed to touch people that's tough on me personally just because I mean um I like I mean it's not that it's a it's a religious thing but but I like being around people and loving on people. And, and, and you can't do that when you're just isolated in one area. And so to be able to do that, I think one, it's going to make a lot of people feel better. And I just think we just got to stick with what uh, our government officials and our health officials are telling us and, and just keep our head down and keep moving forward and and try not to be too, you know, try to make uh, decisions by ourselves and, you know, without, uh, consideration of, of
0: people around us. Yeah, for sure I definitely agree and I think the university is taking a lot of precautions and it's kind of funny actually because I have I had a couple classes that were supposed to be mid-afternoon but since they're since they moved all evening classes online and now now I'm just left with those afternoon classes but I can still go to them. They moved those to late at night so I have a class until 8:30 at night. So that'll be kind of interesting. Well, um, and it's
2: going to be interesting because of all that how we direct fall practice because if we're used to practicing from three to five or three to six but now we've added 30 different classes so that we can spread this out you know we might be practicing at six in the morning some days and we're going to definitely be practicing friday nights and saturdays and sundays instead of taking some of those days off so we can get everybody together so there's definitely a lot of things we've got to work through but uh it's all going to be fine once we get we get back together. We'll figure
0: that out. Yeah, for sure. If, uh, if you have anything else to say, that's kind of all we have. Um, but thanks so much for joining us on the interview. Um, is there anything else you'd want to add to someone maybe that's, you know, just looking for a good resource or uh, is just struggling in their faith right now and maybe just a word of encouragement? Well,
2: there's one thing that a lot of people, at least – when I, when I, you know, being around teams and being around um, uh, Christian people, and I think the, you know, and I read this yesterday in, in my book, Bob Goff, and it's, and 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 we use this in baseball a lot about just keeping it simple, um, not trying to overthink, and sometimes Christians get involved with each other and they overthink things, and it it, it draws. Uh, division between people who are really good people trying to do the Lord's work. And, um, you know, in yesterday's reading, it was, it, you know, basically what he was saying is, um, love everyone, love always, and keep it simple. And when you do those things right there, um, you know what, you're, you're always going to come out on top. You, you know, there's no... There's no negative about that. There's no win or loser. You just love each other. And and a lot of good comes from that. And during this time right now, that's basically what we need to be showing everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. It's kind of been interesting to think about, like, how do you love people and serve people best when we're all stuck inside? <laughs> so I know, like, my church at home has been doing some sorts of those types of things. But I'm definitely excited to gather again and worship um, but I think that's all we got. So thanks again for hopping on to radically normal for our first interview. Uh, we appreciate it a lot.
2: First of all, thank you for what you two guys are doing. Um, especially this, what this uh, quarantine is basically done for you two guys is give you guys a platform and you're using it well. And I, 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 thank you for that and God bless you guys.
0: Thank you so much, coach. And don't forget guys, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Trust in Jesus and pick a good outfield. Thanks again, Coach. All right. See ya. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview, Mike and I
1: definitely had a really good time when we recorded it. It was like, honestly, it was our first one, but it was like honestly, gonna, it's also gonna be hard to top.
0: Yeah, for sure. I definitely liked hopping on, and I thought that you know it might flow a little unevenly or it might just seem kind of weird, but we had a lot of fun hopping on, you know, talking about. Drafting players or the fall our faith just all sorts of things. It was a really good interview I thought and I I just really enjoyed it I was just sitting here. I felt like I was laughing a lot just enjoying the time
1: I'm, I'm sorry. I had to pick against you in the draft, but you know He was the guest and he had some really compelling arguments about mentorship and he had two hometown heroes for the Atlanta team that I just had to You know, you know, it's kind of a I guess you could say it's a bandwagon thing since I just moved out there but his arguments were a little stronger than yours
0: yeah, I'll give you that on the arguments. The only thing I'll give you a knock for is that Joey Gallo is just not a good outfield pick, even if we live in Dallas. But at the same time, I en- I really enjoyed the draft, even if I lost. Um, And his analysis was really good. And he definitely had a lot to add, just, you know, whether it be baseball or it be about our faith and just walking faithfully with Jesus. I just thought he had a lot of wisdom to add that we might not have. You know, being 20 years old, like we've told you guys, we're just on here trying to learn as well. We don't pretend we have any sort of authority. It's just more of a conversation, just going through the Bible, going through different conversations. So I felt like I got to learn a lot there.
1: And it was really cool how some of the things he said just kind of just really matched some of the things from Nehemiah and how he can make those connections we weren't even planning on. That was really cool. I don't know. Hopefully we can get him on again sometime later. He was a really cool guy to interview.
0: Yeah, for sure. It almost makes me excited for the later interviews, although I don't want to be too sad if this turns out to be the best one. <laughs>
1: I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion and thanks for tuning in to Radically Normal.
0: Thanks. Talk to you soon.